Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well met, fellow adventurers. We are once again Sir Crokington. And in this episode, we will be exploring the city of Tarn now. Most of what... Most of what happens in Tarn is the same as in the first episode. First episode of Tarn, which is... Well, keep scrolling down, you'll, you'll find it, or just search for Tarn. I'll probably, I'll probably link to it. Any, anyhow. So the usual stuff is is the same as always. Because it's a Wii playable. Most of it's the same things over and over again. Now in the first episode. We, ha- we, we had a series of glyphs that we wanted to interpret. And it turned out it was a very difficult check. And this is about the seventh try. And we finally cracked it. With the... We're, Passing passing the check, which is a bonus of 39 from various things, including Mind and Arcania, maybe other things. Anyway, bonus of 39, and we had to get over the 100. But now we've got 111, which is a success. So we've got 128 experience to Arcania. It takes you several attempts, but ultimately... You decipher the code presented by the group symbols. Armed with this newfound knowledge, you will now be able to activate the magic contained within the arch. Standing directly before the arch, make a careful examination of the intricate arcane symbols carved into its weathered surface. The symbols are grouped to form a myriad of complex patterns. You pause for a moment to recall the necessary steps to invoke the magic contained within the arch. Perform the sequence, activate the arch. For the first time, you pass your hands over the various symbols carved into the arch in the proper sequence. The arch begins to emit a blinding blue glow. A sudden, electrifying surge rushes through you. 768 experience to all powers. Now, I don't, I don't think that would store any experience for any powers you don't have yet. So you'd probably want to delay, delay doing that until you have all the 11 powers that are currently in the game. I mean, there might be powers that turn up in the future. But that, those are the powers there are currently. So you, 
In other words, wait until you've done Proven Grounds 5 and learn Shadow Magic. Because otherwise, there's 768 experiences Shadow Magic, which you could have got, but you don't get. But, yeah, it's probably not that, not, not that hard to wait so long. Especially since you're probably going to fail the check a few times. The glow slowly fades, leaving you breathless and exhilarated in the wake of the energy surge that passed through. You know, you can do... Now, once, once you've cracked it, every tarn one, you can do it again and again. But, like with... Like you'd expect with... Expect with some, something like this, it's going to slowly crack down until it becomes... Until it becomes, what, 16 or so? Becomes a rather pitiful amount of experience which only worth getting because you're two steps away from it so you might as well anyhow we're gonna i'm gonna leave now we're gonna leave until something else turns up we've had a few more ones and now we're back and i certainly become aware that someone is following me Overcome with the with a sudden and inexplicable notion that someone or something is following you. You glance back over your shoulder and alarm to discover you're being followed. Far off, darting between piles of rubble and debris that choke the street, is a tall figure clad almost entirely in grey. The colour of your apparent current persona pursuer's attire makes him rather difficult to spot as he furtively weaves his way around the heaps of stone and timber strewn from one end of the lane to the other. Suddenly, he ducks into the shattered remains of a toppled building and disappears from view. You cautiously retreat along the lane, your every sense alert for the first sign of your unknown follower, until you reach the spot where you last saw him. A quick search of the area including the wooing structure into which he disappeared, turns up no sign of the elusive figure. Not wishing to waste any more time, you once again set off on your exploration of Tarn, determined to rein in your guard, lest he should return. Alright, I'm going to wait and see if he turns up. You suddenly spot the mysterious grey-clad figure sinking along the wooing street behind you, only moments after catching sight of him, he disappears from view. And I move and it turns up again. Right. Back to regular fighting now. The soft sound of soft footfalls behind calls you to instinctively spin around, prepared to confront whoever or whatever is stalking you through the streets of Tarn. Much to your surprise, nothing moves in the middle bubble strewn laying behind you. Alright, can I keep exploring Tarn? See if he turns up. Your exploration of the wooing city comes to an abrupt halt. Now, between between when we last recorded, we encountered several signs of this guy, but looks like he's finally decided to make contact. 30 yards ahead, from the edge of the lane, Seated atop a tile of rubble, atop a port, uh, a broad length of timber that west between the summits, two port, tall piles of rubble, 
is the same grey attired man you previously spotted following you. He crunches noisily on an apple as he turns to regard you with a quick nod. As you start towards him, eager to find out why he's been training you through the winds, he tosses down the de- decimated remains of his apple and leaps off the wooden beam upon which he was perched. Without a word, he turns and darts off along the lane, and quickly passes out of sight. On the ground behind, ground beneath the beam, upon which the grey-clad stranger had been sitting, discover not only the discarded apple core, but a piece, but a furled piece of yellowed paper, you quickly retrieve the paper and open it, revealing the note that seems obviously be directed at you. You are being followed. Watch yourself. Puzzled as to why the man who's doggedly pursuing you through the ruins would leave such a note for you to find, you vow to remain on your guard as you continue your exploration of Tarn. Alright... The sudden and chilling sound of footfall from behind reaches your ear, leaving you only a split second to react, picking a number. Bonus 30. 20 from agility, 10 for body. Gonna get 50 or more, or I'll be ambushed, I guess. Pick now. 73 success. You cry out in pain as the short blade tears into your side from behind. The, sh- the force of the strike sends you staggering forward several yards. Several yards, where you ultimately collapse into the rubble strewn st- street. 12 damage. Despite having been wounded in the unseen attack, your quick reflexes have spared you what have been a- might have been a much more serious wounding. Struggling off. Struggling off the pain from the gas that was been torn into your side, you quickly regain your feet and spin to face your unknown assailant. There, standing less than ten yards from you, his black hubbed cl- clan, black gloved hands gripping the hilt of a long, long bladed dagger that still dripped with your blood, is the snarling, leather clad mountain goblin. The goblin, his sneering face whittled with a maze of stars, suddenly lunges at you, springing into the air with an unnerving speed, display of speed and agility. You fall back several feet and assume a defensive stance, and also, I've got to equip the goblin doom, since I'm fighting a goblin. Begin combat with the mountain goblin assassin. The Goblin Doom is hoped lower the difficulty of this enemy. The deadly Goblin Assassin swipes at you with his blood-soaked blade. Okay. Alright. Yeah, devastating blows. He's strong. He's nearly got... Oh! Oh, he nearly got me, but I managed to do some healing at the last minute. Anyway, he is slain. 200... 266 experience. 266 experience. The bloodied corpse of the goblin assassin lies sprawled out on the ground at your feet. 
You pause for a moment to catch your breath as you stare down the lifeless remains of the hideous creature. A quick search of the slain goblin reveals the following items you may take. Superior dagger, exceptional sword, exceptional gauntlets, exceptional leather belt. They'll sell for something at least. And 37 gold. As you turn to move off along the street, confident confident that there is nothing here you have overlooked, your heart sinks, standing in the middle of the street. The crossbow levelled at you is a grey-clad stranger who has been following you through the ruins. Before you can even attempt, before you even, before you can able to contemplate your next action, the dark-haired, middle-aged man lowers the weapon and turns his gaze to the goblin's corpse. Then he turns back to you as he seats himself on the edge of a nearby pile of rubble. He's been following you for quite some time, he says, running his hand over the short, over his short, dropped, cropped, dark hair. As his gaze remain, returns to the remains of the slain goblin. And a good bit of work you did on him for it. I can see that this sort of thing must not be entirely foreign to you. Then I never did think it was. You ask the stranger who he is and what it is he wants. Luagar is what I've seen fit to call me, he says. Which is to say what they call me when they know me apart from my rather infamous moniker. You might have heard of me. Why I dared, do I dare not presume? My ill-famous spread to every corner of this kingdom. I'm more commonly known as the Snake of Chana. And there's a lore book link for that. Let's read it. Luagar, the Sheikh of Chana. The exploits of Luagar, Master Thief. Better known to most as the Snake of Chana, a legendary. Despite the grand wealth he acquired during your life, Fithri, Luragar sees you have the second thoughts about his chosen career, and has, for the past decade, abandoned his dark trade for the life of a farmer in northwest Tysa. Many of his possessions he stole, which he betrays he only ever stole from those who had more than they needed. He has since returned by secretly to their rightful owners. Loragar speaks in a distinctive refined voice and is said to possess the ability to charm and win over even the most spectacle of his mo- most most sceptical of his motives at least if given the chance. The, the man's starting renovation causes you to look on him in an entirely different light. Standing before you, in the midst of the decayed ruins of Tarn, is a master thief whose braven, whose daring exploits, brazen thefts, and sorry career no few peers. It is long believed the snake of Chan had died or gone into hiding. As for nearly a, nearly a decade, there was nothing to indicate that he still pride his, his outlaw trade. You return the introduction. Luragar is quick to tell you it is not necessary. I know more about you than you might care to guess, he says. He wants you to come to observe his usual tone of confidence. One that displays confident refinement with every uttered syllable. Still, there is one thing I find puzzling. 
What brings you to such a forsaken place? Curious not to reveal too much, Loga, you are late to the Master Thief. Some of your detailed recent adventures in the ruined city and elsewhere. At length, you ask him about the mountain goblin he said had been following you for quite some time. I watched him pick up your trail just outside the city, he says. With a refined, relaxing tone, putting you somewhat at ease. I had no intention of interfering, unless, of course, it became necessary. Well, there's really little enough to be said about it, other than that. Other than that, the unfortunate incident with the creature serves to reveal to your enemies, far and wide, Sir Grogan. That slayer of man didn't happen upon you by mere coincidence. He was sent after you, Lord, whose direction is difficult to say. Just yet. You ask Lorgar what he's doing in Tarn, and he smirks. I suppose I deserve the question, he says. I've come here in search of something. From what I can see, it was a bit more difficult to fight than I had first imagined. I'm not in trade any longer, mind you. And what I seek here isn't for me. Lorgar tells you he came to Tarn following clues he deciphered from the pages of an old text. Clues he hoped would lead him to the westing place of a fabled wing. A wing said to have the power to slow aging. Well, that's very desirable. You listen as the Master Mage tells you that since giving up his former trade, he's settled down to a life of anomaly in the northwest corner of Tysa, only a few leagues from the wounds in which the two of you now stand. You learn that instead of scaling walls and pilfering jewels, the legendary Snake of Charnu is now content to occupy his time with the honest toil of a farmer, faithfully tending to a small part of the land with his wife and young daughter. As Lorgar mentions his daughter, his eyes suddenly begin to glint, glisten, while his voice does not waver. You sense he is struggling to hold back a powerful tide of emotion. Nolo is dying, he says abruptly, surprising you with, this, with the sudden and candid revelation about his daughter. She's only seen seven summers, and yet it seems her time is swiftly running out. She withers before her eyes are croaking in. Each, each day is worse than the one that came before, yet nothing has any effect on whatever plagues her. The healers and their magic and all the elixirs have come to naught. Time itself is Ravincher, with all the cruelty it can summon to hand. My buried hoard, enough wealth to shame some kings, is meaningless. There's nothing I can buy with it to protect that which I love the most. You step forward and initiate a shoulder cross his lower telling him to remain strong, to never give up hope. He tells you he will continue to search for the wing, and that, should you come upon it, he would be forever in your debt for the chance to put it to use against what affects his young daughter. You listen carefully as the retired master thief carefully explains to you what he has learned of the wing. He tells you the wing is carved out of, the weg- carved out of red stone, is to be found somewhere in these ruins, in the maw of a great serpent. 
Strange enough, he says, upon concluding his description of the wing, that for as long as I can remember, people have been pursuing me, the snake of China, and yet here I am. The snake is now in pursuit of a serpent. At length, you bid farewell to Loragar, promising that you'll do what you can to find the wing as you continue your exploration of the ruined city. He thanks you, and tells you who now returns to his farm, eager to be the side of his alien daughter. I will come back to these wounds in a few days, he says. Perhaps with some rest and a fresh look at things, I can mount a more effective search. If you do find it, I certainly place no small amount of hope on either just a sliver of your well-earned reputation. You will find my farm just a few miles to the north. Certainly. Lorigar removes a black cloth pouch from his belt and tosses it to you. Despite the discovery, it contains a small quantity of adventurer tokens. Four adventurer tokens. Very nice. I'm afraid, afraid it's all I have with me at the moment, he says. I'm sure you could do with, do with those and a few more. I spent the better part of my life so far in pursuit of those things. And I don't deny I often miss the chase. With that, Loagar bids you farewell and sets off on his way, quickly disappearing from sight along the debris-strewn street. Your mind is still churning through the details surrounding the recent string of strange and unexpected encounters. First the goblin assassin, and then the last defeat. The mas- legendary masonry thief when you once again set off on your exploration of Tarn. Alright, I'll just pause it for now. I just activated the arch again for 512 experience to all powers. I've got to the end. I've just spun the wheel. I've met the Tarn Hearn again. At that moment, moment, eyes dart with his man's right hand. You not hear these skips, skips a beat as you behold a bright red band perched upon one of his gold fingers. Suddenly, as if his feet barely touched the ground upon which they tread, he proceeds along the gloomy passage and slowly slopes down into darkness. After a few moments, he disappears from sight. Suddenly, a loud crackling fills the air as a fire-wimmed portal suddenly appears in front of the iron gate. Well, let's step into this portal then. You step into the portal, taking care to avoid the flames dancing wildly about its whim. Everything goes black. A split second later, you emerge from the portal and find yourself standing at the end of a dark and wide stone corridor. You quickly employ your trusted light source, allowing its radiance to invade your shadowy unfamiliar surroundings. Alright, I'm in a new dungeon. It's got let's see. It's got a left it's got two left right corridors. A corridor linking them up towards the left and at the top right it splits into a T junction. Okay, just just I go north starting in the northwest and Bits in the northeast of that. You step into a wide cut alcove off the main corridor, 
and immediately confronted by one of Tarn's fearsome, towering guardians. The halogram turns and stomps in your direction, its thundering footfall shaking the walls as it approaches. Suddenly, a, mass, a bright red glow in, envelops the massive halogram. Attack the glowing halogram. You nimbly dodge the halogram's first strike and quickly counter the attack. It's a halogram, it's growing red, I'm going to kick its ass. Alright, just going to fight normally. The fiercer guardian of Khan's Tarn swipes it with its ironclad fist. It dealt me some sort of blow. Savage blow for 13 damage. That was the second one. It is slain. 73 experience. That's quite a bit. You step back from the remains of the Hulgrom and watch as the red glow that surrounds the slain guardian slowly fades. After a quick search of the alcove, turns up nothing of any further interest. You once again prepare to set off on your way. Alright, I'm going east. There's something in the way. A sudden shrill hiss, followed by a deafening roar, cause your heart to skip a beat. Broad jets of crimson flame erupt from the walls on both sides of this passage. So I've got four options. Elementalism. Fortification, Shadow Magic, or just Dodge. I'll do Elementalism first. Succeeded. 16 experience to Elementalism. You channel your power of Elementalism, and focus it on the flames now converging on you from both sides. Almost immediately, the fire retreats, leaving only a thin, rapidly dissipating cloud in its wake. When at last you feel it's safe to continue, you once again resume your movement along the corridor. Alright, the corridor I've gone one east and the corridor goes north and west. I'll start by going north. You immediately step into a wide alcove of the main corridor and immediately confronted by one of Tarn's fearless, fearsome, and I guess they're fearless too, towering guardians. The halogram turns and stomps in your direction. Sponge's footfall shaking the walls as it approaches. Suddenly, a bright green glow envelops the massive Hulgrom. You know what, let's re-wrap about Hulgroms again. It's probably been a while since we last read about them. Hulgrom. These massive iron, massive beings, made up of varying amounts of flesh, stone, wood and iron, serve as the guardians of the ruined city of Tarn. The Hulgrom were left behind by the last of departing sorcerers who abandoned Tarn, and have assumed the eternal task of guarding the shattered city. It's believed that, that the main wall of the Halligrom is to ward off adventurers and treasure seekers from plundering the secrets left hidden within the depths of the ruined city. Well, that's not working. Okay, time to attack it. You nimbly dodge the Halgrim's first strike and quickly counter the attack. Just going to quick combat it. Oh, I'm down to no auto health. Anyway, it is slain. 73 XP, metal and devastation enchantments helped. You leap back from the remains of the Halgrim and watch as the green glow that surrounds the slain guardian slowly fades. After a quick search of the alcove, turns up nothing of any further interest. You once again prepare to set off on your way. Oh, a random Halgrom has appeared. 
Just going to heal myself first. The passage shakes, sending dust and small particles of stone and debris raining down from above. As the towering Halgram stomps out of the shadows ahead, the fearsome guardian of the wound city starts immediately towards you, each of its heavy footballs sending tremors the length of the corridor. Hold your ground and engage the Halgram. The Halgram stomps into melee range and attacks, swiping you with his massive ironclad fist. I'm going to quick combat it. It is slain. Another 73 XP. It's probably may well be worth it just to wander around until you've counted all of them. You step back from the moving remains of the slain Hologram and struggle to catch your breath. The mighty guardian of the ruined city will never rise again. After checking over your equipment and making certain there were no other enemies lurking nearby, you once again set off along the gloomy corridor. And there's also an alcove to the south. Let's see there. You step into a wide alcove of the main corridor and immediately confronted by one of Tarn's fearsome, towering guardians. The hologram turns and stomps in your direction, its thundering footfall shaking the walls as it approaches. Suddenly, a bright silver glow envelops the massive guardian and attacks the growing hologram. You nimbly dodge the towering hologram's first strike and quickly counter that attack. It's going to quick combat that. It is slain. 73 experience. One world of 20 from the am- Amulet of Devastation. You step back from the remains of the hologram and watch as the silver glow, glow that surrounds the slain guardian slowly fades. After a quick search of the alcove, turns up nothing of any further interest. You once again prepare to set off on your way. Alright, gonna heal myself. Pass the form of fire. Here's another Halgrim, I'm just gonna quick combat that. Another 73 Three experience from that. Pretty nice for let's face it, a random encounter. Another Halgrim, quick combat. Another 73 combat experience. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Healing again. Ooh, something. Oh, I've gone back to the entrance. You're standing on the very spot in which you first appeared in the lower level of Tarn. So the brief... To the east, the broad corridor extends into the impenetrable gloom. Against the wall to the left hovers the fire-winged portal by which you enter this lair. The flickering light from the leaping wing- flames that wing the magical gate splash their luminescence off the dark walls of the passage. Something is carved into the wall to your left. Let's look at that. A short phrase, phrase has been crudely etched onto the shut has his wall. Tallies was here. Of course he was. Alright. 
Alright, and to the west, there's something silver flickering in the gloom. You're standing in the small chamber to the west of the broad corridor you're following. The central chamber sends a cool, cylindrical cloud of silver mist. Step into a cloud of silver mist. Alright, nothing happens. Let's go leave the chamber. It's another bolt of flames. Can use fortification this time. Succeeded. 16 experience to fortification. You summon your power of fortification, and without delay, a barrier of green sparkles surrounds you. The flames wash harmlessly off the magical shield. The fire retreats, leaving only a thin, rapidly dissipating cloud of smoke in its wake. When at last you feel it's safe to continue, once again resume your movement along the passage. Alright, let's get let's get into another random encounter. Just wandering back up and down on the here's another Halgram. Quick combat it. Another seventy three experience. This might go up a little bit if you level up a bit. Seven to column silver mist. You step into the column sparkling silver mist, and at once you're overcome by your Euphoric rush as all your wounds are healed. It makes sense that they'll have that because they have no idea how much Neville Reserve you'll have. Refreshed and rejuvenated, you step out of the mist, but tears continue on your way through the lower level of the ruined city. Leave the chamber. Let's find some more Howlgroms to fight. Wanna finish them off? There must be somewhere. Do 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 do, wandering up and down. Wandering around, looking for how grums. Maybe there's none left. All right, I'm gonna go east. Gonna do. Gonna go from start to finish. One more time. All right, they must be they must be depleted. Okay. All right, I've gone east from the the lower fire. To the north, you see a small circular chamber, and to the east is something. What's this small circular chamber? You're standing in a small church circular chamber just to the north of the corridor you've been following, lying on the floor. Against the west corner of this room is a broad, flat stab of stone. Examine the stone slab. Your eyes were immediately drawn to a small object lying on almost the exact centre of the stone slab. You reach down and examine the item, discover it's a fragment of an engraved bone amulet. You reach down and pick up the amulet shard. It's a bone amulet fragment. The small... This is a small jagged piece of bone is one part of a circular amulet. You estimate you need three more pieces to complete the amulet. Alright, so I'm going to have to come down here a few more times to get that. Head south, and then east is something. The passage you've been following ends abruptly and on the engraved stone door. A large iron latch protrudes from the door's carved surface. Open the door. You grasp the iron hatch and pull the weighty door open. 
despite its bulk. The door swings open with only a small amount of effort, revealing a narrow, gloom-filled passage. Suddenly, a figure emerged. Emerges from the shadows of the newly opened corridor. The same frail, woed figure you encountered in the chamber above. The Tarn Hearn. The Tarn Hearn raises his cold head, revealing the sunken, drawn face of a middle-aged man. His broad, leering grin exposes a line of rotting yellow teeth and sends a chill racing down the length of your spine. I await you below, he says in a thin voice, barely above a whisper. A strange sensation begins to go over you. Your vision blurs and the sounds around you become muffled, then disappear altogether as the sensation intensifies. In effort to combat this growing disorientation, you close your eyes tightly. Alright, and this is the reward. I'm outside of town again. 512 experience to general. 128 to skills and powers. Pretty nice. And 1,088 experience to general for clearing out all the rooms. Also a battle marker. Thankful to have explored the upper ruins and the first of the lower levels of Tarn, I've lived to tell about it. You take a few moments to check over your equipment and get your bearings before turning and setting off on your way. You take one last look at the ruins of Tarn before turning away, preparing to once again set off on your way. Alright, let's just go somewhere. Let's go Talonus and save... And we'll be picking that up in the same episode when more stuff happens. For now, ta-ta. Doing another town one. And a new building has appeared in the middle of the... Just off the middle of the south side. To the south, you can see a crudely erected structure. A crude, recently erected structure stone and timber. Let's go have a look inside. Just heal myself first, just in case. As you approach the newly erected structure, curious, more than a bit apprehensive, about what may lurk within, you're suddenly confronted by two axe-wielding goblins. The vicious humanoids thrust their weapons at you and twirl their Thrust their weapons to you and snarl as they brazenly step out of the building's tall, roughly square entrance. Let her enter, grumbles a deep, powerful voice from somewhere within the structure. Your pulse quickens, and upon hearing the words, upon hearing the words, for the voice within cannot possibly be a goblin or human, once the two goblins step aside and lower their weapons can enter or leave or I can use divination to give some clues as to what the heck is happening here succeeded you sense a powerful of evil or of evil surrounding the structure and the entity that resides within you also sense the entity from which the aura animates is a being of great power. Alright, so we've got something that's very strong and very evil. 
proceed into the structure. The moment you step into the interior of the makeshift structure, your eyes fall upon an unexpected <coughs> and terrifying sight. Seated on a massive chunk of stone in the middle of the newly risen building, its broad, grey-skinned, muscle-laden frame covered in, in, in part by a patchwork of animal pelts is a glowing stone troll. The fearsome creature grins, exposing a mouthful of jagged, dagger-like fangs and nods. The conqueror of Khan has had good grace to come before me, he says, his refined quality of his speech carried forth on his deep, rumbling voice, serving to remind you of the extraordinary intelligence common to this rare and sinister variant of trolldom. That is stone trolls? Let's find out more about them. Stone trolls. One of the more elusive and fearsome creatures to still inhabit the remote wilds of the North Borderlands is the intelligent and sinister stone troll. Larger than most other types of trolls, and far more intelligent, though no less savage. These creatures are usually found alone, often in control of some desolate, uninhabited domain. Stone trolls frequently employ goblins and ogres to perform tasks they consider beneath them. They despise all other species of trolls. should be noted that stone trolls innately project a powerful aura of anti-magic, making it all but impossible to wield spells against them. Alright, do I have my... Finger of Dread, at least. No. Well, I have it, but it can't do anything yet. It is clearly more pleasant here with the effort you've put forth to clear this shattered place of the Vern and go through its rubble. The Halgoron are of interest, of course. There is this or enough, uh, enough I can, enough I might hope to use them for. You're about to speak and boldly ask the scroll troll what it is he wants, so what he's doing in the ruins, when you spot something lying on the ground at his feet. The gruesome object that's captured your attention sends a voluntary shudder through you. Resting at the tip of the largest of the black-toed toes that extend from, from its wide, leathery-skinned foot is the decaying head of the mountain goblin assassin that attacked, attacked you in the ruins. A creature you subsequently and rightfully put to death. I, sh I should be very much angered beyond reason. The horrible death suffered by such a dear and devoted soul, says the troll. Shifting slightly as his fierce yellow eyes narrow and focus on the, the head at his feet. However, had I known it was not the thief he stalked, I might have, 
I might have called off the hunt. The stone twirl rises from the rock above which he has been seated and assumes his full towering height of no less than a dozen feet. Blimey, he's tall. Slung at his side, swaying from a thick vine belt, is an iron-capped woolen mallet. I am Uxon, Lord of the High Vale, some ways west of here. Perhaps you've heard of it. I doubt very much you've ever tread there. I simply wouldn't have allowed you to. You immediately sense the troll's tone and, and his words have been carefully chosen and can only be attempt to goad you into confrontation. What the fearsome creature says next, however, causes you to rethink your initial assessment. I can plainly see that the Master of Lies is already ensnared. Another fly in his web, he grumbles, his face twisting into a sinister g- grin as his eyes narrow into their little more than blazing yellow slits. The thief who told, who sold you his tired tale of woe, a man I think they've long, long called the stake, has preyed upon your compassion to win your favour. He knows no wife and certainly no dying child. He will take from you that which you risk your life from your life to attain, and then he will dispense with you. He has never left these ruins. He's likely still watching your every step, waiting, longing for a moment to close your fingers upon the treasure he seeks. Alton snarls and folds his massive arm across the fur cla- across his fur-clad chest. His eyes widen and he stare- glares at you. <coughs> he senses the mighty stone troll is waiting for your response to something he has just told you. <coughs> you <coughs> you realise that Alton is, of course, referring to Lurgar. The thief you encountered in the ruins following your battle with the goblin assassin was also evident the treasure he makes mention of is the west wing is the red wing you heard about from Loagar. Alright. So I can just I can tell him I do not believe what he said. Thank him for the information. Say nothing. I can use divination for some clues. Divination first. Succeeded. 4x species divination. You sense at least some of what Altrin has told you is true. Do you also sense he has revealed his information to you to suit his purposes? I'll just say thank you. The stone rolled troll knots. Let my words serve as a timely warning, he grumbles. Alterton retakes his seat on the chunk of stone for which he has been seated when he enters. He places his massive black clawed hands on, on his knees and stares out down at you, the look on his face one of unbridled derision. I take no pleasure in dealing with your species human and I do know you were one once he says and yes I am fascinated by your willingness to boldly seek out peril 
rather than hide within the walls erected by your fathers, or cower by the shields touted by your soldiers. You, one so brazen, could be of use to me, and perhaps find yourself duly awarded for your trouble. What might you say to such an arrangement, Sir Crokington? For some reason, you're not surprised the stone troll knows your name. Name. Through the sound of it passing between his cracked grey lips, leaves you with a gnawing, unsettled feeling. So I can promptly refuse his offer. I guess I could hear him out first. Hear him out first. Alton grins. The exposed line of jagged fangs, cragged, cradled in his cavernous jaws, immediately sends, sends a shudder racing through you. When do you find the wings sought by the thief? Find the wings sought by thieves. You will find that you are in immediate peril. You must return to me at once. If you do this, I will see that no harm comes to you by the way of this deceitful snake. The stone troll's sinister, leering gaze meets your stare, and for a moment you're transfixed, unable to tear your eyes away from the menacing face so intently studying your own. You ask the fur-clad troll, why it is he seeks the wing? And your question seems to catch him off guard. Close his eye for a moment, and then slowly reopens them. The, tree, the wing is of no use to me, he growls. I merely wish to prevent it from dropping into undesirable hands. It will remain safe with me, far beyond the grasp of any who might use it for purposes I would deem harmful. A tense silence follows Altwin's words. When Trollworld again speaks, his troll is harsh. I present with you two choices, he snarls. Yet only one will please me. You do not wish to displease me, Sir Crokington. Do you agree to bring me the ring? So I can agree, refuse, or just super refuse and attack him. Now, uh, attacking him does get you 80s. But it's a very, very difficult fight, and well, you get plenty of ATs, really. So, no clue, divinate, no clues from any skills for this. Number one, apparently, I'm agreeing to bring the wing to Ultron. Oh well. Well, well, well. When I finally get it, I can always betray him. Alton grins and tells you you've made a wide choice. Return to me when you found the wing, he says. His sinister voice sending a chill through you. I shall certainly be expecting to see you before too long, Sir Crokington. With that, you bid a hasty, hasty farewell to the fearsome stone troll and step out of the makeshift structure. Back to the debris-strewn debris streets of Tarn. Alright, now we're back to the regular tarning. So I'll pause for that until we get to the... Get to the lower. We're in the lower levels. 
And we've got the, the Jets of Flame. Now to block them with Shadow Magic. It failed. And the agonised scream echoes along the length of the corridor as the flames wash over you, screeching, scorching your flesh. 16 damage. Despite the damage you've suffered, you manage to stagger out of the mist of the deadly fire. The flames slowly retreat, leaving you in a thin, rapidly dissipating cloud of smoke in their wake. When at last you feel it's safe to continue, you once again resume your movement along the passage. And pause. I've just found something in the northeast corner of the dungeon. You step into the passage just to the east of your light source. Just to the east. The moment you step into the passage just to the east, your light source goes dark, leaving you, leaving you, leaving you enveloped in impenetrable gloom. You're certain the corridor extends further eastward. Though you realise there's no telling what could lurk in the darkness ahead. Head further along the dark passage. As you move further into the inky blackness of the corridor, you become aware of faint, unsettling noises all around you. Whispers, hisses, and unmistakable sounds of things unseen, slivering and scraping, quickly fill you with inexplicable and profound fright. You're certain that the noises are magical in nature, and are intended as a deterrent to any who might attempt to transverse this passage. But such rationalisation does little to quell the fear rising within you. You struggle to conquer the deepening dread that threatens to consume you. Picking a number, bonus of 40. 20 from, 20 from spirit, 10 from mine, 10 from aura. And that's as good as it's going to get. Got to get 74 or more. Pick now. 49. Failure. No longer able to stave off the effects of the powerful sense of dread that continues to tear at your psyche. You turn and swiftly retreat along the dark corridor. Can I try again? No, no, I'm I'm too scared. I'm too scared. Alright, pause for now. More jets of flame. Going to try to dodge this time. You make a desperate attempt to escape the flame, shooting towards you from both sides of the passage, picking a number. Bonus 64. 64. That's 20 from agility, 20 from body, 6 from luck, and 18 from feathery. So it can be a few more points higher if I had everything maxed out. But, oh well. Pick now. 78. Failure. You get nice screams echo over the length of the corridor as the flames wash over you. Scorching your flesh, 19 damage. Despite the damage you suffered, you managed to stagger out of the mist of the deadly fire. The flames slowly retreat, leaving only a thin, rapidly dissipating crowd of smoke in their wake. When at last you feel it's safe to continue, you once again resume your movement along the passage. The small circular chamber to the north. Examine the stone plaque. Flak. It's another one of those those bone amulets that we found just a what few minutes ago. What for you? A few days ago for me. 
Your eyes are immediately drawn to the smaller objects lying in almost the exact centre of the stone slab. You lean down and examine the item, discover it's the fragment of an engraved bone amulet. You reach down and pick up the amulet shard. It's a bone amulet fragment. So I've got I've got two and I've got two left to go. So I'm halfway there, living on a prayer. Let's open the door. 384 to general, 364 to all skills and powers. There's the Tarn Hearn again, saying what he said last time. Disorientated, but now I've got out of... But now the now I've left Tarn Hearn. 384 experience to general, 64 experience to all skills and powers, and 1,088 experience to general. Pretty bad walls that time. And, well, we've uh, we've passed 55 minutes, so... I think we can now... I'm just going to save somewhere. And soon we will be able to... And then I will be putting this out now. Next time, I guess, will be... Next adventure will be back doing what's going down in Hawklaw. But until then, farewell fellow adventurers, and also, in the interim, every now and again, I will be going to Tarn and seeing just what happens there. There's still store more, still store, still more stuff left to do there. Got to get the other two amulets, got to get past that dark passage... Got to finish off getting all the bonuses from that power bonus thingy, and well, and so on. But anyway, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.